I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Utah's best athletes count on flexibility, speed, strength. And the Jazz pick up their 22nd assist. So they count on University of Utah help. Brielle Soleil puts this game away. And so can you. Leading doctors, a world-class environment, award-winning innovation, care to be great. 14 unanswered by the Utes. University of Utah Health, caring for Utah's best and yours. Schedule your appointment now at uofuhealth.org slash care to be great. Welcome into the Yards After College podcast powered by KSLSports.com. I'm your co-host Kyle Ireland and alongside of me as always is the one and only Sam Farnsworth. Sam, before we get started, we love Mountain Dew. I just want to let you know <laughs> as the you know football season is you know coming upon us and summer is winding down, I, I've realized in the last two days that my uh, my Mountain Dew Baja Blast supply has Uh-oh. slowly dwindled, and I don't know if I, I haven't gone to the store with that in mind to like replenish the stock. Um, I, I'm I'm getting a little worried that if I show up at the store, they're not going to have any more for me to replenish. Uh, have you seen it recently? Are you are you still good on your supply? <laughs> Look. I'll be honest with you. Um, I, I I've seen them in the gas station. I don't I don't get the twelve packs that much anymore. So I've seen them in the gas station. But Baja Blast. I'll be honest. I like it. It's not one of my favorites. But they they still have it at Taco Bell. So that's true. You know, when you when you get the craving, you just hit it. For, it's I get it. It's a fountain drink, but still, you can still get it at Taco Bell. And here's the other thing. Our good friend, Dallin Graff, who works uh, at KSL, I think he's in charge of like marketing and stuff now for us. Uh, can Is that who I need to talk to about getting this podcast sponsored by Mountain Dew? Because let's just, let's just be honest. We talk enough about it. It needs to happen. That's true. It's a good point. Uh, and, and to the Baja Blast issue, I will say at least the Taco Bell, you know, outlet is there for me, but I'm really concerned when it comes to like these special flavors, you know, like we've got like the passion fruit and the <laughs> right. uh, guava one this summer, which have been two of my favorites of all time. I don't know. We're we're getting off track. I just want to let you know that like come like week three of the season, I might be a little sad when we start the pod and it's because my Mountain Dew is out. Well, so that's all. Look, this is an, um, this is still an, a, an important topic that people need to be addressing more often, Kyle. And Here's the thing. Mountain Dew's got these flavors, and maybe they take it a little too far to the extreme with how many they've got. But I swear, they are on the shelf for a week, and they are gone, never to be seen again. And that's driving me nuts. I want the pitch black back. The summertime one that they came out with, I saw it like back in May and never again. The the popsicle-flavored one or whatever. Uh, I thought that was good. It was gone. I mean, come on. What's happening? No, That's what true. frustrates it, me. It's a good point. The pitch black thing was like a minute long. So I, I'm with you there. 
no, it's uh, it's definitely frustrating, but wish me well as I uh, I consume the rest of my beverages and then, you know, Good we'll luck. see. We'll see how it goes. But Sam, the reason why I, I wanted to have you on today, uh, especially is because uh, it's Monday. Uh, we're sitting here a day before the cut deadline on the 29th. Uh, rosters have to be trimmed down to 53 uh, active players by 4 p.m. Um, Eastern time, I believe, uh, tomorrow. So 2 p.m. Mountain. And uh you know, there's there's already been some movement as far as the local guys are concerned there. Um, and then we've also, you know, we've we've had some pretty exciting action throughout the preseason. Uh, it was four weeks long, but three weeks full of actual like full slate of games. And, you know, a number of these local guys stood out. And that's kind of where I want to start today is uh, starting with, you know, a retrospective look at, at the preseason, which guys impressed you the most. Um, who did themselves well as far as like their case to make a 53-man roster? Any guys that maybe you're looking for um, before those cut deadlines tomorrow uh, that are maybe, you know, teetering for a roster spot? And mm-hmm. then also, you know, those guys that I've mentioned that have already, you know, seen some movement as far as the transaction and waiver wire, uh, you know, part of things is concerned. But uh, let's start off with the preseason, Sam. Who are, you know, maybe the top, let's say like three guys that impressed you throughout the preseason and, and did them did themselves well, as far as their futures are concerned. So I should have been prepared Kyle with my three stars of the preseason is what I, we should have done with, with uh, the voice of my son number one or whatever it was. I can't remember anyway, <laughs> but I'll tell you, I've got, I've got, uh, I do have a couple of stars of the preseason that I thought really stood out that, um, did enough to to not only solidify a spot on the roster i don't think for these guys it was uh even an issue but i think they did enough to maybe convince the coaches to give them more run or contend for a uh maybe the the top spot on the depth chart so the guy i'm going to start with is definitely in that mold and that's uh former east leopard jalen warren with the uh, pittsburgh steelers i uh, if, if I remember correctly in the three preseason games he played, it's right around six carries for 80 plus yards and two touchdowns. And his touchdowns have been impressive. The one he had on Thursday night in their preseason finale was just like, my goodness, who doesn't want a guy like Jalen Warren carrying the ball out of your backfield? Like, uh, I don't remember who was trying to tackle him but they stopped him in his tracks at about the one and a half yard line. And then Warren just surged forward and reached and crossed the goal line for the touchdown. Jalen Warren has been amazing uh, this preseason. And I know it's just preseason, but I think he's done enough to really ramp up his, um, his participation in the Steelers offense this upcoming season. And Najee Harris is you know, got to look over his shoulder. He might be splitting reps a little more uh, with Jalen. So Jalen would be my number one star of the preseason for locals. I really uh, had a good time watching him uh, this, this preseason, Kyle. Yeah, no, I thought that, you know, you mentioned those two touchdowns that, that one on Thursday night was really impressive just the way that he fought across the goal line there, but I didn't, expect him on that first touchdown he broke loose up the middle for 62 yards like a lot of the times when these when these guys come into the league 
if they're not like initially established as like the starter, like I kind of like reserve like to thinking that they're just going to be like, you know, a secondary back, you know, I almost thought that much about Jamal Williams that he was just kind of that guy. And then all of a sudden, like he, he became somebody in Detroit last year where he was just like their bell cow back. And then it's like Tyler Algier kind of a thing, which is also kind of funny because they they ended up drafting Bijan Robinson after I like thought that he just, proved himself as their number one back last year but you you see Jalen Warren and I'm like wow like you mentioned Najee Harris like Jalen Warren like really proved to himself or to myself I guess that like he could potentially be like their starting running back which if you would have told me that four weeks ago I would have been like no Najee Harris is like totally their starting running back and like Jalen Warren's gonna get some touches here or there but like I could totally see a scenario where they split carries for the first month of the season and then let it play out from there yeah, and I think I think Jalen Warren's earned every single right to try to prove that he should be that bell cow back for uh for the Steelers. So I'm excited, definitely excited to see what he potentially can do this uh this year for the Steelers. All right. Let me tell you uh my other two real quick. And um they are both uh former Cougars. I I'll go with Chris Brooks, right? Because I think Chris Brooks has done uh, quite a bit this uh, preseason to earn a roster spot with the Dolphins. Uh, he was impressive. He scored the two touchdowns in his last preseason game. Uh, I like the trajectory that that uh, he took through this preseason and, and kind of from where he started to where he ended. Um, and then the other player, I'll just spit them both out real quick. The other player, we're not going to be seeing play again for a while, but I was very impressed with the demeanor the um i don't know if leadership is the right word or not in this situation but the humility and the play of zach wilson this preseason because he came in having been demoted losing his spot to a future hall of famer um he could have gone one of several directions with you know obviously he had issues with teammates last year in the locker room his team wasn't fully behind him. Um, he had done some things that were probably regrettable, said some things that were probably regrettable. And uh, he was kind of in a bit of a hole. The Jets weren't ready to give up on him. And thankfully for Zach Wilson, in comes Aaron Rodgers, who just spoke so highly of Zach and wants to help Zach. And I think Zach was in a place of humility where he paid attention. He listened. He acted upon what people were telling him and he followed through with the way he played on the field. And now he's in a situation of very little pressure. Just continue to learn. Don't stop now. Continue to learn. Continue to soak up every single thing you can from Aaron Rodgers. And in a couple of years from now, it might be Zach's time again. Yeah, I thought the thing that was most interesting was the fact that Zach seemed to be more comfortable to the more he played in the preseason, like his first reps, he looked a little shaky. I felt like, and I was like, Oh, he kind of looks like the same player. And then by the third week of the preseason, or like, I guess the second week for them, but their third game, he started to like, look like a player that was in rhythm with the offense. And I honestly think the biggest thing for him is to have Nathaniel Hackett as their offensive coordinator. I just, I felt like the, the whole jets scenario was a little bit much for him it was a new head coach new offensive offensive coordinator a rookie quarterback all 
at the same time when he came out in 2021. And so to have a little bit more maturity, a head coach who has, you know, gone through some struggles now and has, you know, brought in Aaron Rodgers, who is essentially like a coach in and of himself, uh, an offensive coordinator who's done it with Aaron Rodgers before, who's already seen success in the playoffs, those types of things. I just, I just feel like the Jets offense as a whole is in a better spot. And like, you look at the weapons that he has, like he was throwing to Alan Lazard in the preseason, like other than Garrett (laughs) Wilson last year, like he really hadn't had like a lot to work with. Like, sorry, like Corey Davis is is like Mm -hmm. not at the same level of talent that he's been working with. Right. Like, so I just, I feel like the offense that he's been a part of this off season and in training camp as a whole has just been a better thing for him. Um, and like you said, like continue to learn, continue to grow. Really, really impressive to see. Um, I'm going to give you a couple of names on my end that really impressed yeah. me. The first one is Jordan Love. I just, yes. I was really concerned about him. Um, I, he had moments in the last couple of seasons. Obviously, he didn't play the first year that he was in the league. I think he was inactive all 17 games or 16 games or whatever it was that year. And then got some you know spot duty here and there as Aaron Rodgers was out with COVID or injured and whatnot or last season you know came in um had some mop-up duty I I really was impressed with how Jordan Love played and you know preseason you know is preseason and so we'll we'll see how it is once he's going against ones consistently but I was I was super encouraged by what I saw from him he looked like a guy who was in command who had the respect of his teammates wasn't you know putting the ball in a lot of dangerous positions he had a couple of throws where I was like hey, he probably wants that one back or that one could have been picked but you know had a touchdown pass in all three games that he played just really looked sharp for the most part and I'm excited to see how he plays you know as we get the season underway what did you think about love yeah I you nailed it Jordan love has been awesome to see and I of all of our locals and I don't know my mind can change on any given day, any given hour, but but consistently over the past week or two, of all the locals that I have been most excited to see get his opportunity this season, it's Jordan Love. I cannot wait to see him taking the Packers offense as QB1, getting his time after sitting behind Aaron Rodgers for a few seasons and seeing what he can do in this preseason. The word I would use is efficient. He's been super efficient. And like you said, he didn't take a lot of risks. He was safe in some of his passes, but he still made some outstanding passes down the field, some NFL passes that were in spots like, you know, back shoulder type stuff or, or uh, you know, spots that only the receiver could make a play on the ball. He looked great, I thought. Um, and so, yeah, let's put him up against an entire game's worth of a, a team's top defense and see what he does. But I think Jordan Love is in a situation of, um, you know, where where he's been able to learn and grow. His confidence has grown. And he's in a situation where he probably feels very ready compared to maybe when he was a rookie or even year two or even the times that he was put into games in the past. He's probably the most ready uh, mentally that he's ever been as well. So I cannot wait to see Jordan Love. Last two guys I'm going to give for you just real quick. I was really impressed with Pukunuku, a former BYU wide receiver in his uh, preseason debut. Um, And one of the things that impressed me the most, I mean, uh, he obviously had a touchdown there, but just the things that have been coming out, the things that have been spoken about Nakua by his coaches and, you know, fellow Rams, uh, 
And then also just the fact that like you kind of look at the preseason and guys that get held out of games, like where you're like, they're either getting no playing time because the coaches don't want them to get hurt in the game and they want to save them for the regular season or they're, you know, fringe roster guys. And so they don't get in until the fourth quarter or they just don't get playing time at all. So you're kind of like looking at it from those ends of the spectrum, but Puka Nakua really is one of those guys that I think has really solidified himself as probably like their third best wideout. And, you know, the Rams struggled last year and you've got Cooper cup obviously is their number one target, but Puka Nakua, I, I'm excited to see what he can be in the, in the regular season for LA. And then the other guy is Siaka Ika, a former East standout um, who's with the Cleveland yeah. Browns. He had a really strong preseason and it's not one of those, positions you know on the defensive line you know being a tackle where you're you're racking up a lot of stats um but you know to get a sack here or there like even in preseason like i'm like he's just going to be one of those guys that is just such a like a strong player on the defensive line i'm in i'm just just really interested to see like how quickly he becomes like a really like a big force in the nfl like i think that you know potentially like two, three years from now, we could be talking about him as like one of the like top 10 tackles in the league. I just, I think that he's super, you know, strong, powerful, has had really good technique. I mean, went to LSU, went to Baylor. Like he's, he's had some good teams that he's been a part of. I'm, I'm, I'm really intrigued by, you know, his NFL outlook, but uh, let's I, take a quick, I, sorry, I think go, go I, just, just real quick. I think of all of our locals that are rookies this year, uh, I think Siaki Ika might make the most instant impact. Dalton Kincaid's going to be great, but I think Siaki Ika might have one of the most instant impacts on his side of the ball. Yeah, couldn't couldn't have said it any better. And I mean, I think you saw that through the short amount of time that he was on the field during the preseason as well. Like, go look at his stat lines. Like, he's like two tackles, a sack, you know, like quarterback hit. Like, he's he mm-hmm. was getting pressure in the backfield consistently which is, uh, is you know, all you can ask for for him as a rookie. But, uh, Sam, let's take a quick break, and then we'll come back. We'll talk about that cut date coming up tomorrow. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. There's desperation and anguish. More than 80,000 Afghans have since arrived in America. But this story is still unfolding. I'm Andrea Smartin. In my new podcast, Stranger Becomes Neighbor, we'll find out what happens to these new arrivals in our communities. Who would help our newest neighbors? Follow us at kslpodcast.com, Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. All right. Welcome back to the Yards After College podcast powered by kslsports.com. It's Sam and Kyle talking about the NFL uh, like we do every week. But Sam, uh, you know, this is kind of like one of those things that, I mean, I even saw um, our colleague Hans Olsen, he put out a tweet today talking about, you know, I think he's kind of referring back to, you know, his, his experience as an NFL player, but he was like, to all the NFL guys that, you know, are worried about, you know, keeping their phones close by waiting for that call, whether or not they're, you know, on the 53 man roster, like, it's a, it's a really tough time for a lot of guys, especially, you know, I think we had somewhere close to like 90, 100 guys uh, that were on rosters, if I'm not mistaken. Um, I haven't looked at my list in a couple weeks, so I'm I'm a little rusty there. But, you know, there's a number of guys that have already seen some action as far as the waiver wires is concerned. And then, you know, I expect to hear probably a few more names 
today and tomorrow, but um, just wanted to touch on them real quick. Uh, so on Sunday, um, and I, I was like, it's this is like the semantics of, of NFL transactions, <laughs> Sam, but it's like the differences of getting waived versus release, you know, like right. if, you're a, if you're a veteran, like what it means, how many years right. you have accrued, like all that kind of stuff. So I'm just going to say let go because it's easier that way. And then we don't have to like break down whether or not they were waived or cut or released, whatever, all that stuff. But uh, it was a uh, former Utah standout, Darren Follow. He was with the Detroit Lions since last year, actually. He signed with them uh, in 2022. And then uh, the last month, uh, former Aggies, Darwin Thompson uh, was with the Raiders. And then Nick Ved- Nick Vigil spent a couple weeks there with the New York Jets. And then today, uh, so far, I've seen uh, Marcus Kemp, uh, former Leighton High standout. He was with the uh, the uh, Washington Commanders this offseason, and uh, he was let go by the Commanders. So uh, already a few guys that are going to be out. You know, I, I'm interested to see as far as which of those guys, I guess I'll ask you those four which one do you think is most likely to find a new home in the next week? Mm-hmm. Uh, I guess we've got uh, 13 days, 14 days uh, before the first NFL Sunday. And then September 7th is actually the opening day of the NFL season uh, with Sunday night football on Thursday night. But I guess, which one do you think will be most likely to be picked up? And then a two part question here, which of the local guys that is currently on a roster, do you think like, is like a fringe guy like that is most likely to to be let go or like is like last guy on a 53 man roster so i think there's a few fringe guys i'll answer your first question though uh whether those guys find uh that have already been let go whether they find a new spot or a new home in the nfl or not uh, obviously we'll wait until all the cut downs happen because then after that you have that uh free agency frenzy and then adding to practice squads and with the size of practice squads nowadays, I believe they've nearly doubled in the last five or so years, you know, the size of a practice squad, there's a lot more room for you to still keep your NFL dream alive and and be added to a practice squad. You know, I think Darren Paolo might be one of those types of practice squad additions. Um, And obviously there's the rules of practice squad eligibility have changed a lot too. So it's hard to keep track of. I'll have to, I'll have to refresh my mind on that. But, um, you know, Marcus Kemp's an interesting one. He's he's proven um, – he's been proven in the NFL in the past. He's had experience enough that uh, he's proven to teams that he can participate both on special teams and as a receiver in the offense and be effective. Um, and it, this sounds kind of weird maybe just because of my connections here, but – when I heard Marcus Kemp was released, one of the first thoughts I had was, I wonder if the Broncos should give him a call because the Broncos wide receiver situation hasn't been great. Obviously, Tim Patrick, one of the locals, they had high hopes for him coming back from a season-ending injury a year ago. Well, now he's missing this season as well with an injury. And then uh, Jerry Judy's hurt, and he's not going to be back for several weeks. Uh, they're suddenly, suddenly running pretty thin over there in Denver at wideout, could Marcus Kemp maybe fill one of those spots and do some double duty with special teams as well? Not sure, but, uh, you know, might be worth at least giving a call. On the fringe, here's an interesting one because I didn't think we would be necessarily in this situation this year, but former Ute Eric Rowe, um, he's been great 
in his career at times. But this preseason, he's had moments where he's kind of been exposed and where you've noticed that maybe he's lost a step with the Panthers, you know, and um, and and some of the social media talk. You try not to get sucked into what fans are saying, but some of the media were bringing it out too and mentioning how um, he he has not been you know, lived up to the expectations that they thought he would. And so Eric Rowe might be one of those guys that when it comes down to that 53rd spot, the Panthers might be looking at him as a guy, whether they keep or cut as well. Um, I would love to see Eric Rowe continue in the NFL, but we'll see what happens with him. Yeah, no, I, I think that there's like, there's always like a few names every year where I'm kind of shocked. I'm like, Oh, like, I didn't think that he would stick with a guy with a roster or like, I felt like that guy was going to end up, you know, getting cut or whatnot, or I'm surprised that they didn't get cut. I, I do think that like one of the, the names that I'll throw out to you that I'm just, I'm not saying this is going to happen. I'm just interested to see how it plays out is former Utah quarterback, Tyler Huntley. So yes, I was going to mention that too. He's been hurt this uh, this uh this preseason i think it was in the opener if i'm not mistaken because i don't think he played the the final two preseason games um well, i know he didn't play the last one but i think it was in the opener he got in in the second half which was also interesting that josh johnson started the game mm-hmm. and then i'm like okay well that means they they want a better look at josh johnson and then he he ended up tweaking his hamstring on their touchdown drive that he led them on and didn't come back and play um, a ton after that. And then obviously didn't, didn't see any reps after that in the preseason. And it, all of the, all of the like buzz coming out of camp is that Josh Johnson, like has solidified himself as their quarterback too, which yep. is interesting to me. Cause like you saw the last couple of seasons, it was always, Hey, Lamar got COVID Lamar got hurt. Lamar, this like Tyler Huntley comes in and Tyler Huntley, you know, even got named to the Pro Bowl last year, which is also just, you know, a wild story in and of itself. Um, but like it was always like a Lamar and then it was Tyler. It was Lamar and then Tyler. And they're like Tyler Huntley isn't Lamar Jackson, obviously, but like they're similar enough players that the offense was, you know, kind of like able to be like, you know, very similar for for the rest of the team with those two players. And they have a new offense this year. They have a new offensive coordinator, uh, Todd Monken, coming in from Georgia, and I just I'm I'm just interested to see how that plays out because like with new coaches or new ownership, like those types of like changes, like they like they could be surprising at times. I guess is all I'm saying, and so it wouldn't shock me if they moved on from Tyler Huntley. Um, it also wouldn't shock me if he stayed as their third quarterback because of the new quarterback rules and you know, being able to have a, a guy like that, you know, come in as like your emergency quarterback, but like not count towards the, the um, active roster, you know, on game day, but like they still are part of the 53 man, you know, like it's kind of a weird thing, but um, it's just a name that I, I, I just thought I'd throw out there to, to keep an eye on. It wouldn't surprise me either way, but with his injury and with their new offensive, you know, situation there, I, I don't know. I wouldn't be surprised. They, they like, they did that like, um, what is it like the restricted free agent tender thing with him mm-hmm. the last two years, which allowed him to go out and like find another team that, you know, if somebody else wanted him, like they could sign him and like 
that the Ravens wouldn't have been compensated like they would with like had Lamar gone out and signed another deal with somebody else like they would have been compensated for that so it's just an interesting thing thought I'd throw it out there and uh, I don't know what are your thoughts I on agree. that no I I agree I was kind of had my eyes opened that to the fact that the Ravens weren't thinking quite as highly of Huntley anymore when even before that preseason game where Johnson started ahead of Huntley, I had read some reports that the competition for QB two was open. And I was like, wow. Okay. So Tyler Huntley maybe necessarily isn't necessarily the, the next quarterback, right? When Lamar Jackson was thinking about whether he was staying or going and things like that. I, I think there were a fair amount of people that thought, okay, well, we'll just move on with Tyler Huntley. Here we go. A great story of this undrafted kid to rise to the starting spot in Baltimore. And Tyler Huntley, statistically, you look at him and it's, you know, he hasn't done anything spectacular in the time he's played, but he's been efficient enough to help them win football games. And that's important too. Your quarterback needs to be a great leader in the huddle. He needs to be able to have the confidence of his teammates behind him to, uh, you know, help lead your team to victory. But um, I, I wouldn't be shocked. I think this year his contract carries a about a two and a half million dollar salary, two point six million dollar base salary. Um, and I don't know. I would have to I, I don't want to say things I don't totally know. So I'm not sure how much of it if it's guaranteed at all, but they might hit a point where there's that date where you have to make a decision. And if Johnson is QB two and they need to save a couple mil. Unfortunately, it could be Huntley. So um, it's just crazy how quickly that kind of turned around for him, though. Yeah, no, totally interesting and something that I wasn't expecting going into the preseason or into fall camp. But, you know, the NFL is crazy. I mean, I think that he would find a landing spot with another team if the Ravens moved on from him. But, you know, it is it's like that saying goes. NFL stands for not for long, <laughs> which mm -hmm. is, is crazy. Like a lot of, a lot of these local guys, like they have a spreadsheet, Sam, and you've seen it. And it's like, yeah, keeping track of these guys throughout the year. It's like, I'm switching their teams around or so-and-so becomes a free <laughs> agent. Or, I mean, even like Tomasi Lalile, former BYU defensive lineman, he, he was in the XFL signs with the 49ers. who was with them for one preseason game. They wave him. And mm -hmm. then the next day he gets picked up by the Broncos. I'm like, ah, keeping track with all of these transactions. And <laughs> it's not going to stop this week. And uh, nope. we'll do our best to keep the, uh, the tabs on it for you at kslsports.com. But Sam, uh, before we sign off for this week and uh, look ahead next week, we will preview the season opener. Um, we ha will have, you know, four days or whatever uh, between our next podcast and the season opener. And then looking ahead to week one as, as we get underway, really the first Sunday there on September 10th. But uh, what can you tease for us on KSL Sports Live coming up this week? Well, we'll definitely be following and keeping track of all of the, um, you know, roster cuts here in the NFL. But there are future locals in the NFL that will be playing this weekend as college football begins. So we will be turning our focus to Utah hosting Florida, BYU hosting Sam Houston, Utah State on the road at Iowa, as well as Weber State and Southern Utah and Dixie, Snow College. We've got it all. College football is, is king this weekend until NFL kicks off. 
Oh man, Sam, football is back. It's so a little warm for me. Like it's not like totally <laughs> football season yet where I'm like, once you get that, like wake up in the morning, you go outside, it's like a little crisp air. You're like, all right, it's fall, it's football season. Yeah. Yeah. You know, give we'll give it a few weeks before we get there. I still don't want to say goodbye to summer, but uh between now and our next podcast, be sure to follow Sam on all things social. He he's got a new handle on Twitter uh to match up with everything else. So check him yes. out at Samsworth underscore TV. It's where you can find Sam's musings of you know Sam's got a unique Twitter personality. I'll I'll just say that much. You know, you can go get get a little sports, you get a little well what's the best way to say this i don't know sam sam's sam's parenting comes out on on social media yeah which i i love to see it because like me as as a father of a one-year-old now like i get to look up to you sam i'd be like all right sam's out there shooting you know his his son's games with his daughter (laughs) on camera and like i just i'm looking at you as an example sam that's all i'm saying so go check out sam uh all of his work on uh ksl sports live on channel five as well, but you can find me on the social media at Kyle Ireland on Twitter and then at Kyle Ireland KSL on Instagram and threads and all that other stuff. But uh, be sure to check out kslsports.com and uh, the KSL sports app as well. And until next time, this has been the yards after college podcast powered by kslsports.com. It's the story of an American held in a dark Venezuelan prison. Then all of a sudden, they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. I'm Becky Bruce. I spent a year working on Hope in Darkness, which now has more than 2 million downloads. Find it on kslpodcast.com or wherever you listen to podcasts.